0: The following program was produced by an independent community producer. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the ECAT staff or Board of Directors.
1: There's a girl. She's a star. She's got style. Steffi Star. You see her face.
2: Around the town, she's popular, Hi, I'm Stephanie Weinstein. And I'm Meredith Keach, And we have a top-notch real estate team of 11 people over at Coble Banker in Easton. And we are number one in Easton. Salesforce. We don't like to brag. We don't like to brag. Like to brag. <laughs> Under the tutelage of... our my girl crush totes i'm like right. a nervous we don't even know what to say <laughs> there is greatness in the room for this podcast today i don't i might be tongue-tied but we want to welcome the famous the gorgeous angela angela introduce yourself
1: Hi, my name is Angela Stamoulis, and I have the pleasure of working with uh, top real estate agents like <laughs> Stephanie and Meredith uh, as my, my full-time career, amazing. and I'm blessed. I'm blessed because you're all amazing, and I'm flattered and very intrigued to, to see how this goes. <laughs>
2: Angela doesn't know what the hell is going on. She's like, what are we talking about? We said, we don't know.
0: Well, I'm so happy right. you wore color, and it's beautiful color. Thank Gorgeous. You. I feel yes. like
1: I should have blended into the background with the black. No. Like, well, you kind of t- I did. I
2: mean the muted
0: top. I mean, but you got the punch of colour under it and I absolutely and love my it. My
1: fancy earrings, I had to take them off.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot. You know, Angela <laughs> yes. had a whole thing. She had the hair, she yeah. was trying that the headphones underneath the hair, and then yeah. on top of the hair, yeah. then the earrings were hurting, yes. so then she had to take the earrings off. It was a whole thing. hair needed
0: to be a certain level. Yes. Yeah.
2: She's, yes. But
0: hopefully you're comfortable now. I am. And that's the beauty of the headphones, right? I mean, that's the beauty of the podcast is once you put those headphones on, if you're someone who likes to talk to people, you don't hear anything else.
1: No, this is fabulous. It's actually, yes. Isn't it great? I feel like it's a spectator. I'm supposed to be the guest speaker. I'm like, what's going to (laughs) happen next? (laughs) Yeah.
2: We don't know what's going to happen. <gasps> okay. And we just love hearing our voices in these big microphones. I have
0: to say, though, <laughs> I was a little like excited and nervous about having you on. I mean, because so I've been a spectator of yours for so many years. I've worked for the company for 22, 23 years. And wow. you're at least that long, maybe longer. How yes. many
1: years years have you worked for the company? 2004.
0: Okay, so it's 2001, and I remember you coming in in all the different capacities that you worked in in training, if I remember. And were you with USAA for no Relo or something?
1: No, training. Okay, training. I I started. So my career started from fine um, fine arts. I was an artist. Then I went to uh, school for creative arts therapy. And I, what? <laughs> I was a therapist for for a while then I went back for a second master's in instructional systems design and development which is a fancy way of saying corporate training and development
2: no ah. wonder okay
1: <laughs> yeah. this is all starting to make sense then I worked with um, Accenture Anderson Consulting it was it's a big consulting firm so um, I I worked in change management and they used to call us chicks with slides <laughs> Change
0: management.
1: Yeah. So it's really, I used to work with organizations that were, um, you know, big, huge, like Fortune 500 organizations that would implement any kind of big change, either systems or reorg or whatever. So I was the people side of change. So I would meet with the leadership team, the stakeholders, and kind of do a needs analysis, understand the impact, and, and help people kind of manage the change. Wow. And then, how'd you come here? So after September 11th, I I just didn't want to travel anymore. And in consulting, you have to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And I I just yeah. wanted to be closer to my family, who was in Massachusetts. I was in Philly when I was consulting, and oh. um, so I um, I went to a real estate office and I said. I um, just want to find out about this thing. And they were like, sign here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did become um, a, a top, the top agent in the office my second year in the business. So Obviously, it was something, the second year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it just kind of, it was something that came naturally to me. And then because of my training background, Cobalt Banker contacted me to To take in a, a, a training role, so I did that, and you know, I got involved with curriculum development. And then they moved me up to manager of training, then the director of training for the New England area. Then I was moved into management in the Back Bay to co-manage with Kent Atungin. Um Then after, you know, Ken. I yes, love we love Ken. Ken. Yes, I
2: <laughs> I didn't realize you co-managed with Ken. Mm-hmm. Oh, we Ken to, has his own gravity. We need system. to have Ken on. Too. Whenever you see <laughs> he absolutely him,
0: there's right? like Ken on. planets moving around him. It's he's an incredible human he, being.
1: Ken is an artist in the relationship front, you know, and I love that. he has like the magic touch in really. And his his history. I mean, he worked in the high end, obviously, because of the, the Back Bay right. as a manager, but. Um, he has a um, an, an art history background, so he understands a lot. Like when he goes into the home of a high-end client, he can actually like pick out all this oh. like exclusive kind of uh, elusive um, stuff. Uh, paraphernalia, yeah. yes, whatever art they might have. Um, so, yes, it's a very unique strength he has. The Boston market is a very intense market, so multifaceted. Each one of the condo complexes could be like a little city. Just like it's a lot to learn. So his tenure in the business is like unmatched. He would be a great guest for you. Well, I'll
2: yeah. have to ask him to come. I'll in. be taxing him <laughs> immediately <laughs> So, yeah. So, so, wait. So then, all right. So you are so, co-managing with Ken. With Ken. And then then I was one of our th-
1: highest producing complexes right. yes, yeah, in the back bay, yeah. which is like the crown jewel. Yeah. Um, then I was, um, offered the opportunity, I, I used to live in Belmont, so, oh, um, right. yeah. I was given the opportunity to, to manage on my own two offices in Belmont. Then I was given the opportunity cause I had, I fell in love with Rhode Island. I started investing in Rhode Island in 2012. Um, and I ended up building a house there and, um, I would go every chance I get, like every weekend I would be in Rhode Island. Um, and our president, who, have you had Pauline on here? No, no we, not we
0: yet. You're
1: kind of our test, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this goes.
2: This <laughs> so, doesn't go well. Then it.
1: <laughs> so, um, Pauline gave me the opportunity to be the district manager of the state of Rhode Island and also run two offices there, East Greenwich and Newport. And, and then after that, I was given the opportunity to be the, the regional vice president of Southeastern Mass and Rhode Island. So... And that brings us to today. It's
2: amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm exhausted. I know. You've had so many positions. Amazing opportunities. You know, what I
1: was talking Gosh. with somebody um, last week, I think, it's amazing how you can impact people's lives without even realizing it. Mm. Um, I remember I waitressed through school, mm-hmm. right? You know? Um, and we all did. when. Uh, when i was uh, still an undergrad i think or i was you know i think it was an undergrad i was waitressing and these two gentlemen were you know c- kind of chatting me up they were older and one of this one of them said what are you going to do and i was i got all nervous i was like i don't know i'm in school you know mm-hmm. and the other man said honey think of your life in 5 year increments He's like so it's so mm-hmm. overwhelming when you think um, when you think about your entire life, cause every decision, you know, at that age is like, oh, um, that was the biggest gift that was so liberating. It was just like an incredible thing to like, okay, it's not every decision not forever. Right. right. So it's interesting because my life has evolved. So it keeps changing. Like the path is like, I would never looking back, I would have never been able to predict the path, you know? No, never. What about you, Stephanie? How did no,
2: you- Angela, this is about you. <laughs> <laughs> Not about me too. Well, because it's pretty we want exciting. Dig deep. It's yes, and and like I said, you've been such a role model, me for me since I met you at training. You just captured us. We would just. You held the audience. Right. And I learned so much.
0: Right. So
1: true. Thank you. I love, I love my, my work and I love the realtors that work for us. And I mean, I'm pretty tough. Like if you, you know, I'm not. There's no fooling around. (laughs) There's no easy. If you don't look
2: Angela in the eye, like if you kind of talk, if you're talking to Angela and you kind of turn your head a little bit, she's the one that goes, (laughs) she will make sure she's going to get your eye again. There is no fooling around, which I love. I love a straight shooter. Yeah. You're just a boss and I love it. And we all look up to you. Yeah. I mean, Brooke and Bernoni, Alexa, they're like, we are obsessed with Angela. (laughs) Yes. And they're like, we want a private meeting with Angela. You're just so empowering. That's what it is. Well, for a
0: woman, too, there doesn't, women like you don't come along often. And I remember when Pat Villarney was my RVP. Oh, right. And, you know, in our world, for those who are listening, a regional vice president of Cobble Banker is a big position. We don't have a lot of them. You And you report to the president and like the president of our company like that to me is like, oh, my God, I get nervous. I, my hands get sweaty <laughs> um, just because that's our world. Right. You know, of, of people who are important to us and we don't work it. As real estate agents, as independent contractors, we don't we don't work in what one would consider a normal corporate structure, right? Because we kind of go about our own business on a day-to-day basis. But those of us who love the Cobalt Banker structure, so that we can reach to folks like you. And so to have a regional vice president or a trainer who captivates your attention is very rare. And oh, you. and so we are just so excited to have you here because you, we've, we've, at least I certainly have, have watched you kind of combre- progress through the ranks of Cobalt Banker. No surprise. Um, so to now have you as our RVP is, we wonder, you know, we're always like, what well, is who's it going to be? You know, because when you're with a company for a long time, you don't know, you know, right. and some, some you connect with and some you don't. And, um, and so we're psyched to have you. It's It's you. like, especially for our whole team. We're like, female dominance. So right, for the now- females on our team to have another female. Not that men don't, you can't aspire to, but we
1: it's We love you, cool. Joe. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, so female role models, I think that's extremely important. I grew up in a blue collar family, right? So I'm Greek American. I was born in the States, but then moved to Greece when I was one. I came back when I was 11. So I remember, and back then, it was, you know, uh, we were fully matriculated uh, into the school system. I hardly spoke English. I knew the alphabet. I mean, I could understand more than I spoke. Um, but I remember how difficult it was for my parents. They were not educated, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they to kind of introduce themselves into American society and understand how to navigate the system and... Um, my mother was an entrepreneur, really not educated, not being able to speak English. And she started her own business. She had a Greek music and gift shop. So she was a, a huge role model as far as kind of strength and navigating through uncertainty. Mm. Um, and I remember when uh, my sister um, first went to college, she went to Bentley and she uh, got a, a kind of a corporate job. She was in computer programming. And I remember driving by kind of a, a corporate office building. I was like, <laughs> you know, because my background—I mean, we were um, my my family were, did not come from corporate America, so mm-hmm. it was so being a woman and also not having the background of you know kind of knowing the ropes and having the network—it was kind of an extra challenge. So I, I think for me, creating opportunities for for women and empowering uh, women is is just huge. It excites me. Um, I think being an entrepreneur, which, you know, real estate agents are, like you said, it is such a special, um, it's an amazing, um, road to take, but it can also be very scary and there's no roadmap for it. Right. And people can, can get lost. And, um, I think when you said captivating, I, I, I'm convinced that if you're truly authentic and you Mm -hmm. truly care and you focus on the individual that you're trying to work with, um, and I don't let people off the hook. Like if people, when I was a manager and people would, you know, coach with me, um, the first couple of sessions of coaching were really kind of understanding, like, who are you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what's natural to you, what motivates you, what's authentic, And then matching that with a marketing plan and a strategy to help you kind of get your business off the ground right um but after a few sessions like i would hold people accountable and i would say this isn't therapy like like, (laughs) this isn't therapy hour like yes there's a, a specific goal that i'm hoping you're trying to accomplish by being in this business right so um i've always been true to to myself and my voice and my focus on really truly doing what's best for individuals that are working with me at the time so wow i could just got well, a lot from that folks for that's our- the show <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming
2: wow
0: yeah well stephanie and i having the position of mentoring now with our team um i think we get to share some of that experience and um it it really is amazing to be able to take part in and witness someone's success right yeah when they say this is what I want to do and and you can watch them grow I mean it's it's really second to none really it's it's incredible I mean we do it with I do it with my children right Mm -hmm. you know that's greatest gift of life but to be able to share that as well and certainly if you were in training you know you were a teacher you can see people grow in that capacity
1: so it's actually interesting training is a very different thing um Training is more kind of talking to people Mm -hmm. and telling people Mm -hmm. things, uh, delivering. It's more of a one-way thing. Mm -hmm. Coaching for me is a completely different Mm. avenue. It's important if you're gonna be a coach that you obviously have knowledge, right? Right. to, to, um, To communicate, but Coaching and empowering individuals is really much more about allowing them to truly find their true center Mm. and helping them shift their mindset. Sometimes it's for me, coaching 90% of the time is not about giving somebody the answer at all. And it sounds kind of cliche you hear about that, but the most empowering part of (coughs) coaching is to ask enough questions to get information, right? Because, I mean, I've, I've managed and trained for years. So agents would come like, this is the issue, what's your answer? And I would be like, I I know this much of the like you, <laughs> what you told me. Like, if I answer you this, I can give you an answer. Mm-hmm. You're going to go out and make the wrong decision because I don't have enough of Whoa, context. Oh, right, right, mm-hmm. yes, I agree. So yeah. by the 10th question, yeah. The answer would just kind of reveal to them to, to themselves, right? They they would be like, "Oh, okay, I guess this is the answer." <laughs> like, right. Yes. "Right," because sometimes we become mono fo- focused, yes, especially when our emotions get triggered. If you're in a tense situation or something that has stakes, either financial stakes, um, personal interaction, or reputation, some, you know, when your independent contractor, all those things come to play. So when we're put into a difficult situation that becomes emotionally charged. We lose our ability to really creatively and objectively think of the situation, and we make wrong decisions. So true. Yeah.
2: Right. You need to sit back. Yes. Right. We would go to Roy hysterically. Yeah. Right. And he'd be like, "Take a minute," and then we would figure out our own problem. Yes. Right. Yeah. So true.
1: It's it's really about allowing unlocking those parts of your mind that allow you to see the problem. Um, because when we become becoming emotionally engaged, we just shut down our focus and we only focus on that thing that's triggering us. So and not how, what are
2: we supposed to do? We've got this huge problem engulfing us. What should we do?
1: It's really um, dissecting the problem, and um, unless you're like a master zen kind of meditator, it it probably involves speaking with somebody else, right? Mm, Right. Kind of bouncing it out and having somebody who's not going to be um, a tell-you-what-to-do type of person or someone that's going to be a yes person, right? Somebody who can truly allow you to dissect the problem by understanding all different facets, not just the one involved with your ego,
0: I think we do that. Well, you in and our I
1: business. do that,
2: right? You and I do that a lot. Yeah, and then we just talk it out. Yeah, and then we're and then that's it. We figure right. it out. We're right. like, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's trust involved. See, right. there's, there's a lot of trust and authenticity that's natural, right? The right. two of you have such chemistry and trust. Yeah. So there's no, I'm I'm assuming there's no ego involved when you kind of no. go back no. and yeah. forth, right? Right. So that allows you to unlock the the restriction of your problem solving. Right. Um. Yeah.
2: It was a little hard at the beginning Meredith right when we first joined forces yeah not hard but it was just like again
0: oh. further trust building yeah yeah and because you just don't know if it's going to work and you have to check your ego at the door right I think so far in a partnership
2: oh a hundred percent And how did you all first meet
0: oh you want to hear this yes okay this is a good one no, it's <laughs> Stephanie. okay so back it had to have been 10 years ago mm-hmm yeah 10 yeah, years ago because i had three and so susan johnson hosted um our holiday party and she's an amazing host and has this great house <clears throat> i had three babies at home and but i felt i wanted to go needed to go to this party and i was new were to the easton office at that point and uh so i had a small window to go
2: because you were out of the canton office weren't you were you No, you I was were with Canton and
0: Mansfield. Oh, okay. Then Easton, Mansfield was closed in the downtown, right. but I was with Canton for almost a decade. Wow. And um and then came to Easton and um this was back when ugly Christmas sweaters were not like <laughs> as trendy as they are today.
2: I don't know about them ever being trendy Mary. <laughs> Probably not.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I donned a ugly Christmas sweater entertained entertaining myself thinking this will be funny and uh so at one point i sat next to joe papagno and i looked at him and said nobody knows my sweater's a joke do they he goes (laughs) they don't and i'm enjoying every minute of it i love it and in walked this woman in a strapless black sequins jumpsuit
2: looking (laughs) so fabulous stunning. i got it at bb (laughs) back when i could fit into bb clothes oh oh my
0: God, I need to become friends with her (laughs) because she just was so much fun and just... Exuded that and confidence and just had fun with herself and that was it. And I made it my mission to become friends with you.
2: Meanwhile, I had only been with the company for like three months. Yeah,
1: yeah. Were you a new agent?
2: I was a new agent. Yeah. Wow. Brand new. Yeah. yeah.
1: I wish there was a picture of you with ugly sweater and you with a <laughs> because,
2: I mean that would it, be- but harshly. it's just like that's totally our personalities. Yes. You know, today. Yes. yes. It's just, you know, she's Meredith is business. And she meets with everyone to do their business plans. And then, me, I'm like, let's manifest. I'm like, anyone that doesn't want to do a business plan with Meredith and be questioned by Meredith head to toe and talk about the ebbs and flow of real estate, come over to me and we're going to manifest together. Yes. And so, we have such opposite personalities that it's perfect. Yeah. It's really perfect. It works well. Mm And then, it's very
1: special. It's oh, not, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's right. Because some
2: people were nervous. You know, some managers were like, "Oh, are you sure you girls yeah. want to do that?" Because yep. you know, it's you're you're different. You both have some egos, and but you know, I, you know, we think it's gonna work, but you better make sure.
0: But we had it wasn't out of the blue. I mean, we had a we, we had the show for a decade.
2: Yeah. So when I was I I've had this show, I had a um. I had another group of people that I was gonna do the show with. She
0: asked everybody but me. Yeah. I was so not I, her. Well, first, I didn't first. even that know. Was Mar- the last. So yeah. I had
2: other people that we were <clears> gonna <throat> do it, and it was it was on TV, it was gonna be filmed, you know, on the cable station. And so we had, you know, Heath that wrote the song, and I had my friend Jody, and I had my friend Marissa, and then when it came down to it, they're like, We're too scared. I'm like, What? So then nobody would do it with me. So then I said, Meredith, will you be my co-star on the show? And I
0: said, yes, but I need to give birth first. Yeah, and so then she gave I'll birth,
2: paint. and then we started the show. I was just doing uh-huh. some cable stuff for ECAP before then. Um, and so we had so much fun yeah. on the show. And
0: we've we've shared a lot of listings together, too, sale, done sales together. So we this had is, a,
2: Yeah, this is what I, I get from Meredith. Hey, she's like, do you want to um, share an overpriced listing with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. I don't get anything good, Angela. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> this is true. Right. And we have a lot of laughs, you know, together. And so we were always sharing listings and everybody actually thought we were a team yeah. when we weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had my little team, she had her little team. And you know, we're we're all so friendly in the office. But Absolutely. we're information sharers.
1: Yeah. Right. right? We're They're not secret agents. agents. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. hold like yeah.
2: <clears throat> we share any any knowledge we have, we like to share it. Um, and we certainly like to share our listings and not hold them. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Secret. You. Secret. You share. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The culture of the office is really, um, I, I think so connected to the top agents of the office. That's always been my philosophy. Mm. If you kind of, if you want to understand the eco of a real estate office, you just look at who the top influencing uh, right. personalities yeah. are, right? Yeah. And I love the two of you and I love the culture of the Eastern uh, office. I think it's really it connected. Is. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we're yeah. arranging on our own a, a fall fling. We are. Yeah, well, I, I asked for permission. <laughs> <laughs> I did? Yeah. From Angela? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. I
0: was like, first task. Right. Make Let's sure it's ask. Okay. Make
2: sure it's OK. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I, I, I you know, having been in the business long enough, knowing um, that, you know, in the summertime is our downtime, at least part of it, I think the season, you know, which is a conversation, This the summer, the spring market has moved, right, from moves into july now right where it would end in june for so many years but that's kind of as agents are are like breather time oh my god you know the spring market is so busy and so much fun but you know it's you need a little break and and you need to bring the agents back in yeah right i certainly need to be brought in so i Went yesterday and went seasonal fall shopping for the office and like to get like pumpkins and smells and you know whatever. To... We should
1: do carbon pump, um, um, carving pumpkin. Carving pumpkin. Oh, that's a great idea. Fine.
0: Yes, we'll do it.
1: We'll do anything.
0: <laughs> and um, and then asking and right, we broker bait, which is food. Um, yeah. So to have you know, and meeting days are the perfect days because everybody kind of connects in and you can use it as a perfect opportunity to. Not like somebody sponsors it or does that or anything, but just kind of your first meeting to like, just let's break bread. Let's have something to eat and sit down. And how was your summer? How are you? What's going on in your life? And as such social people, I think we
1: love that. Absolutely. I remember I came to the office one time. You all were uh, were having some chili cook-off or something. It was so fun.
2: (laughs) Who won that?
1: We all do that. Yeah, I
2: I don't know. I think Suzanne Russo. Oh, maybe. Yeah.
0: She's a great cook. I don't usually enter my food. I'm not the best.
2: Yeah, I didn't cook anything I'm either.
1: Yeah. But I think you're a good cook.
2: I think I am.
1: Are you a good cook, Angela? My husband is. Um, I Look, I can cook. Mm. I don't cook. Oh, so And I do usually... you want to cook? No. Yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> not really... I usually bring the wine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's perfect. That's easy. It's perfect.
0: Yeah. 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 I kind of wish I did, but I don't. I,
1: I do. I, I do wish. Um, And I, I'm a very creative person, but... I think food I, because I I grew up as a as a Greek female. There was a very much like you you become a housewife. You learn how to, you know old yeah. school Greek, right. right? Sure. So I think I rebelled against all of that. Mm. I associated mm. a lot of kind of the the housekeeping type of thing with the stereotype of what I supposed I was supposed to do. So I kind of wanted nothing to do with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: What's your favorite Greek
1: food? Um, moussaka. Mm-hmm. I love the bechamel sauce. Do you make lemon mm. chicken soup? I do. I make. Do I make it? No. I love it though. Who in your family makes the best lemon my, chicken? My mom. You my mom. My mom's a great cook. You know all mm. the stuff. When I remember when I used to grow up, she would make all. Um, all the kind of authentic Greek food. Who remembers the first Eddie Murphy movie, Raw? Do you remember Oh, Raw? yes.
0: I remember crying, laughing as a teenager right? watching that. Do you
1: remember where he has this thing where he showed up in school with a big fat homemade yes. burger? <laughs> yes,
0: with so- <laughs> onions and peppers <laughs> hanging out of it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that I was grew you? up. That was how I grew up. It was all kind of authentic <laughs> home-cooked stuff Ooh. that we were all like, yeah, it's not cool. It's not McDonald's, right. whatever. But you know, now as an adult, you know how kind of important it is to just eat holistic and kind of natural and all that stuff. So um yeah, so we were blessed to have that. Um I was actually just talking with my uh, my friend about my big Greek fat wedding that's coming uh the third um yes. uh, one
2: was fantastic. Two was okay. Yeah, two, right? end, two yeah. was two is okay. But you know, if one my father, so we went to the movies, oh, right. and, and, and I don't know, you guys in, in podcast land, you know my dad's Greek, and uh, we were in New York one time, and I'm like, Angela, can you please FaceTime my father? And my <laughs> father, of course, he's trying to hit on her. He's <laughs> trying to wear <laughs> a hat, right? He starts flirting with her, I'm like, oh, God, give me the phone. I can't take it. Um, anyway, so I, you know, even though I'm Jewish, I completely grow, grew up Greek. Um, I had a bat mitzvah with Greek food and bazooki music. Oh, that's <laughs> and so everyone's like, What do we do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, just go with it. And so um anyway, so we went to the movie, my mother, my sister Nancy, myself, and my father. Well, we I was crying. Right. So and I mean Angela tears. I couldn't breathe because he was my father. My father's like,
1: I don't think this is funny at all. <laughs> so it's funny, we wanted those all- a whole bunch of us um, that were the same age, the kids, right? Uh, and we we took our parents like, oh, you know, it was a big thing back then. To, Greek Americans didn't get a lot of like movie TV time. Mm. So for us, right. like a movie about this the Greek culture. So... <laughs> All the kids sat in the front row and our parents were all sitting in the back row and we're, di- we're laughing. Dying, dying. Meanwhile, they're all upset. Like, yes. They were like, they're yes. making fun of us. Right. It was really, it was the perspective was so d- different.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was dead on, to be honest with you.
1: My favorite... Um, my favorite thing was the bun cake. I don't oh, know. I bunt. just I cannot see a bun cake without imagining a little kind of uh, pot with a flower in the middle <laughs> <Right>. of it. <laughs> what's, <laughs> bunt? what's that? Right. What's bunt? that? <laughs> did you
0: get married in a traditional Greek ceremony with Actually, the changing of the
1: the hat thing? I did. So oh, I love it. Everybody asked me if my husband's Greek. He's he's French, he's French Canadian. And when uh, when he proposed to me, he asked me if uh, I would get married in my mom's island. You know, <gasps> my mom, of course, was like, I love him. Right. Um, so His name isn't Ian, is it? Uh, no, the, no, Derosius, the <laughs> Jim Derosius.
2: <laughs> my Greek, big fat Greek wedding, he was no. in, Remember, he was Ian.
1: Right? <laughs> His family is actually very warm and loving Aww. and kind of, yeah, it's not... Yeah. Um, It's not like in the movie with Ian. So so I arranged my entire wedding online. So Samos is a small little island. It's kind of it's it's a Greek island, but it's close to the Turkish coast. And I hadn't been there since I was a child. So, Can I ask you yeah. where
2: where did you grow up? Those ten years, Athens. You? Oh, you were in Athens. Okay. Yeah. I have family there. They speak English. He just he? called me the other day, cousin Billy. Oh, he on Facebook Messenger. I'm oh. like Billy. Oh. sorry, Angela. That's
1: okay. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> um. So the the island is called what? Samos. 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 Beautiful,
1: beautiful. It's not too touristy. Tons of hiking. Little shops. Um you would, I mean, it's like magnificent, beautiful. And I love that it's not overdeveloped. Right. So my husband fell in love with the Greek culture. We went to Sandorini when we first started dating and, um, he made me kind of re fall in love with my culture Mm -hmm. because I was seeing it through his eyes, you know? Um, and Mm -hmm. I speak fluent Greek. And so when I was in the island, we went to Sandorini together first. Um, you know, you get to see behind the scenes. If you go with a local and I would speak Greek to the people, um, and they yeah. would open up and I would yeah. translate to him and whatever. So he was so thankful of seeing the real culture rather right. than just being a tourist, right. and, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he wanted to get married in Samoa. So I I found the photographer, the venue. I found a little church, a tiny little church on top of a mountain over the like oh. it looked it looked oh. when you see our what wedding photos, a fairy photos, tale. If you see the wedding photos, I'm like it looks like a fake a fake poster wow. behind us, it, but it's not. It's like beautiful. So so romantic. Yeah. yeah, it was it was gorgeous. How many people came? Um we had about 25 to 30 people wow. we had some people from here and some pe- uh, actually a lot we have friends from here and family and some family from greece so it was a very small um very intimate beautiful wedding and even though the greeks are known for like extravagant like spending hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a wedding like i'm not i'm very kind of Keep it small. Grounded. Yeah. And for me, it's like $150,000. i am yeah. going to buy a house. I'm yeah. Put, yeah. that's a down right. payment. Right. That's a down payment for an investment property. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so it was very, you know, we didn't have our like, we should invite these people because they invited us to, you know, I didn't want any of that craziness that yeah. happens a lot in yeah. Greek mm. culture. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was very intimate and beautiful. Did you do the money? Um, <laughs> Actually, yes, people did do the money. We went. What's the money? They
2: throw throw dollar bills at you. Oh, I love it. When you're dancing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, my cousin, Christina Kapsaskis, just married cousin Joshua Weinstein.
1: Oh, wow. Can you imagine?
2: (laughs) She owns Tasso's restaurant in Norwood.
1: I've never, you told me about it. You have to go. Yeah, you you have have to go. go.
2: Um, and so one night we, and we always went all the time. Every time my parents flew in from Florida, that was the first stop. We would have to go to Tasos. Wait, do they do lunch? (sighs) Yeah. Well, let's go for lunch. Oh yeah. We'll have to go for lunch. Yeah. We'll go for lunch. And my father, every time we, my father would walk in, he, you know, he, he pretends he owns the place, right? Wherever he walks in, wherever there's Greeks. Yeah. And then, um, so anyway, we had dinner one day and she's like, I have a crush on Josh Weinstein. I'm like, what? <laughs> Next thing I know, it's a big fat Greek wedding. It was amazing. So they did the dollar bills. Was That's this certain. the recent one that you guys this went to? This was the recent one. Well, yeah, yeah, it was last year. Yeah, it's awesome. it was last year. And now there might be a cute Greek boy that Christina might be fixing up with our Alexa. Oh,
1: yes, he's adorable.
2: He's oh, awesome. He's actually on the news. I don't want to say his name, but he he's Greek, and he's um he's in Greece right now. So he oh, said when wonderful. he came back, he. He would reach out. I love so, the
0: symbolism of events like that in weddings. You know, the money
1: and what's behind the money, it, the colors and then, you wear, and oh yeah. things you do. So did your husband really convert? No. Um, he didn't so, have to. No, he didn't. Um, we got married in the Greek uh, church, and it's a historical story of what, what happened there. But um, he, we're registered as a married couple in Greece. So I'm like, we're we really married in the states because we didn't do anything here. I mean, yeah. we registered in the books there, yeah. but um, we had to go through some extra paperwork to be married in the in the Greek church. We had to have um, in the Greek culture, in the Greek church, the the maid of honor. Um, is the one who actually is part of the ceremony. So that person had to be a Greek Orthodox in order for the, You're the, kidding. the maid of honor. Yeah. Wow, that's so
2: cool. Well, Josh Weinstein, he actually converted. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So he did the dunk. So he left wow. Judaism he... in order
0: to go into the Greek Orthodox,
2: yes. Orthodox Church? Yes, wow. he did. And now he was a big, giant cross. That's amazing. We love it. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love yeah. it. Yeah, he's Greek Orthodox now. That's great. Joshua Weinstein. That's great. Joshi,
1: yeah yeah so I didn't I didn't let go of my last name and um, Mm -mm. yeah for me that was a cultural thing it wasn't kind of a feminist like it wasn't anything like that it was it was a professional thing, right? Um, but it was also a cultural thing because the rosiers, that's my husband's name. Mm-hmm. That does not speak Greek. Like, that doesn't it's not tell you who you, you I'm are. Who. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So everybody knows my ethnicity, my background, my culture when they hear my last name. Exactly. And I just didn't want to give that up. Well, know? when
2: I first uh, so I said to Joe when I first came, I'm like, should I be Pavlakis or Weinstein? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, should I get two separate cards? you but could hyphenated it
1: i mean it's, it's very long it's
2: way i mean stephanie weinstein's long letters. enough yeah. and pavlakis weinstein just doesn't go angela How many
0: letters is maybe that? if it
1: was a double i, don't greek know, I think name. it
2: does though stephanie pavlakis weinstein it's
1: a lot uh, it's a but, lot of letters it's too much for me to even say but it says a lot about your culture like if people see that, that yeah you wouldn't have to say so it much, they right? just right. Would see it on and it's funny card.
2: right because i really did grow up like a creek a greek jew yeah, even I though love I'm it. all Jewish, I really did, and we had we hung out with the Yomelakis's in Cambridge, oh, and we went Yomelakis's and the Papa Nice to See You's Oscar oh. Papa <laughs> Nice to See You was on the on the radio, <laughs> and Papa Night and Oscar Papa Nice to See You had a big mustache, <laughs> and the Pantazopolises. I mean, that was my weekends hanging out with the Greeks. That's hysterical. Yeah, and and eating all the Greek food. So, um, yeah.
0: Oh, that's the fans on the roof of the building, if you're wondering Ooh, what that sounds like a helicopter yeah. landing. Yeah. So how how um, did you come to your decision to keep your last name? I just never wanted to change it. That's well, was my also, identity. Yeah, and, yeah. Marith,
2: Marith has a, a, a big famous name in Easton. Well, my,
0: my family's been here for a few generations. Yeah. so. Um, you know, that certainly from a business standpoint, too, was yeah. important. Yeah. But it's
2: a great last name, too. It's a great last
0: name. But even even before that, I just didn't. That's my identity. I never right. wanted to change my identity. And I I don't understand. It's not to disparage people changing no, their it's, name. I just don't understand right. why you would change your name. And
2: it's hard. It's hard to lose. It was hard yeah. for me to lose my last name. Yeah. Even though I was Jewish and I really wasn't Greek and I had this Greek name. Yeah. And I, I you know, I felt almost, it made more sense for me to be Stephanie Weinstein, because yeah. I am very Jewish, I think. Yeah. So, but it was hard.
0: Well, and the, and then there's a concern of um, family unit, right? And so. The people, kids, you mean? Yeah, people would say, well, your name is going to be different than your children. And I said, well, that's fine. You know, well, if somebody calls me by their last name, I'm not going to correct someone. <laughs> no, <laughs> <Right>. some <laughs>
2: people give their kids the mother's maiden name, the middle name well that's shaky yeah right like different
0: cultures do Mm -hmm. it differently um but i just have my own name and quite honestly in a business like ours and with social media and having a podcast i don't ever put my children on social media i never put their pictures there i don't mention their name um for a whole host of reasons but when you're kind of and i'm not famous but when you're any type of in any type of public position I never wanted my children to get recognized based on my mm-hmm. social media presence mm-hmm. so they're in the grocery store and they say oh and yeah. know who that is without them really knowing um and so a little bit having a separate name is fine right yeah. it's good for them absolutely especially if
1: um, you're a very visible type of right personality right, yeah. right. Yeah. and
0: and you know they create their own identity and um, nothing that i do kind of uh, impacts them and from a safety standpoint for them as well um so but i just
2: smart Meredith, that you do that yeah well like
0: social media can be you know
2: it can be you I don't mean, want to
0: create someone's footprint for them right. in my oh, opinion right interesting
2: yeah. yeah i mean that right cuz everybody posts their their kids right yeah. the first day of school there's some
1: people i think there's a camp there's a camp of like do not post anything with like well, you know but, it's, but it's a all, very
2: but... small camp
0: you know what furthered it was um do you remember um what was his name? Uh, God, he was the manager of the Red Stocks. Begins with an E. The Epstein. Last name. Was it Theo Epstein? The oh, yeah. yeah,
2: he's adorable, right?
0: And a reporter got a hold of his, a reporter yeah. got a hold of his mom. Oh, and she just talked and talked about her son. She was so proud of him. Only they printed all of it. Oh, and it was damaging to him. Ooh, and she didn't know. And and. And that is another reason why I don't, because when you put it on the Internet, it's there. people put in that their kid got sick or their kid broke their leg. That could impact them Ooh. further in life when Ooh. someone interviews them or they're going for a position or they're going for a team and everything about them is on the Internet. And there's nothing that that person can do, that kid can do, to control it. You know, there's no damage control. There's nothing that they can do to bring that back. And I think that that kids should be able to create their own. Absolutely. When they're ready Mm -hmm. and able to do it without me putting it out there, that could negatively impact them. I mean, God forbid, that would be, you'd feel horrible. You're just trying to be proud of your kid Mm -hmm. and communicate to the world what's going on and family, and I totally understand that. Um, but there's a but there's a dark side of that as well.
1: Depends. Yeah, it's, it's a personal decision, just totally. like the last name yes. thing. Right. Yes. I do have a funny story about Theo Epstein though. Uh I when I was single and I got married late in life, I was single, I used to kind of, you know, date and um there was this um man that I started dating, and I wasn't very sure about kind of, you know, whether I really wanted to be in a relationship with him or not. So he was trying everything to To impress you. Yes. So (laughs) he's like, let's go visit my family. We went up in New Hampshire somewhere, and um, I remember the punchline of the Theo Epstein was his cousin Mm. so I'm meeting him he's looking at me like very suspicious I was like hey I have no clue I'm not into sports I have no clue who he was (laughs) (laughs) hey what up met the family the mother (laughs) you know they had this beautiful home I forget it was it was all in the woods up in the mountains somewhere it was gorgeous and um so then I kind of came back and I was uh telling my (laughs) my friends about the experience and I was like I think I say he's very nice. I don't know what his, um, his cousin does. I think he's in sports or something. And they're like, what is his name? And I told him, like, what? <laughs> I'm not a sports person. Angela's <laughs> you know, like, eh, not impressed. I wonder
2: if you're a
0: famous person like that, is that insulting or is it refreshing? What
1: do you think? I so I could tell he was he was convinced I knew who he was because I remember when he was looking at me almost like are you trying to infiltrate kind of because I'm like buddy I have no clue who you are yeah right so I think he loosened up afterwards you know because he realized I had no clue who anybody was right Um, but I think it would be refreshing for for folks to just have a real authentic you know interaction right Um, Right. (laughs) I mean they might not it depends on their ego they might not be I'm assuming everybody's kind of like bending over backwards to impress them or whatever. So, but they seem like very nice, genuine people, and you know, grounded. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I had gone on a listing appointment, and it was a a famous athlete who has been he's retired now, and he was like, you know, if we list our house, how are you going to like keep this a secret, Mm. (laughs) keep all the people away? Mm. I'm like, oh, you don't have to worry. I said, you know, we're, I'm just going to do business as usual. I said, nobody's going to know this is your house. Right. Unless I say something, which I'm not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's very, it's actually interesting because uh, it, it can become very delicate in the if, if it's a, a public personality mm. or somebody who's like a very uh, high net worth kind of person, right, there, mm. and... PR loves, like, you know, the newspapers love to run blogs. Love oh, it, yeah. Know. But you're all kind of, your, your job is, a, it was one of guarding the secrets, right? right. It's a very right. integrity, kind of um, trust-filled position. So you gave the right answer, obviously.
2: But, yeah. you know, the thing is, the buyers can look up anything they want, right? right. And they often know more about the house yeah. when I'm taking buyers out than I do. They're like, so-and-so bought this, then they sold it, then they made this much money, and then they bought it, and they're trying to make $200,000. They haven't even done any renovations to this house. Who do they think they are?
0: Or I was with my son recently driving to take him to practice. And I said, oh, there was a double homicide in that house. And he was like, why did you just tell me that?
2: That's what Meredith does. She throws these things. Angela, she did this to me. I was selling a house in Easton. And she goes, oh, that one? She goes, oh, rumor has it that a priest hung himself on the third floor. And I'm like, you know what, Meredith? She's like, legend. Legend has it. I said, why would you tell me that? So I had to sit with it. And I'm like, I got to tell my buyers. I said, because I can't sit with this information. So I'm like, you guys? They would have found out from the neighbors. I said, Meredith told me about this urban legend about the priest. A priest hung himself on the third floor in the of his attic. house. And they're like, oh, we don't care. I'm like, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is about old homes like that, it right. totally could be make-believe.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, you know. Look, if you have a house built in the 1800s, yeah. something happens. Something, something happened. happened. <laughs> Someone died in that house. And it was probably oh, a
2: murder.
0: speaking of, can we talk about Newport? Yeah. So I went to Newport last weekend and totally forgot about how amazing in respect to their historical homes it is. We just walked one street after another of house built, 1700, 1710, 1740.
2: It was, oh my God. Meredith has now become a member of what?
0: Uh, The Newport um, Preservation Society. Yes. Yes. She immediately
1: joined. Do you have any connection to Newport? Zero. Well, I mean, I've
0: gone there, yeah. you know, my whole life and but I just haven't been since having kids. You know, I lived down there when oh, my oh, girlfriend
1: okay. Okay. father grew up. So you did down have, there. You Oh have yeah. yeah. But
0: and and you just, you know, when you when you separate from an area, you just kind of forget. I yeah. I for Forgot how rich in history Newport is. And going around with my girlfriend Colleen, who it's her favorite place. And every time she goes, they go for overnights and they go for vacations there. She just absorbs the history. So walking around with her, she would say, Oh, notice on the front steps of these three homes because the British took it when they occupied them. Oh, I did, love it. We should get her last three years. <laughs> <squishy>. <laughs> <Right>? you, <laughs> you have, have to introduce to her us. to me. She <laughs> actually
2: <laughs> is a real estate
1: agent. <laughs> yes.
0: And she did work for Global <laughs> Banker. Yeah. So it was a blast touring with her. And we would just go off and walk the streets. I took so many pictures, and of course, toward the mansions, and then going into these boutique hotels that have been there, yeah. you know, since the seventeen, eighteen hundreds. It, and then when you go up to the wharfs and you see these huge, sh- you know, Oprah's boat or ship or Was yacht, really whatever in? is there, and it's like, you know, it's not, it's not a town that's just. Money that was once there. Oh, my They're God. There's still yeah. very, there's, you know, a lot of deep pockets there. And you you walk am- amongst that. It's really cool. And even just when you're strolling around, people dress up a little bit, which is nice. You know, just to go to lunch and walk the shops. And there's so many more shops there than I've ever seen, ever seen. And it goes deep down into Thames Street now where it kind of would stop at a certain point. But you can just keep going and so many restaurants. And then at night, it was lit up.
1: Beautifully, you know. It's it's amazing. It's gorgeous. My favorite place, we should go one time. It's Cafe at the Chandler. Let's go. Okay,
0: so we we pulled up to have lunch lunch on Sunday. And uh, so the gentleman comes out and, you know, we said, are you serving lunch? And he said, ordinarily, yes, but I don't think we're open right now because we... Had a wedding and we we're like, okay. He goes, let me check. He goes, I think it's one. And then he came back out and said, we're not open until five. And we were like, oh my God, what a, it must have been some wedding. And he said, it was. Oh yeah. And they were pulling down the tents. And so that, those folks had two days of a wedding basically at, at, the, Chandler? at like, the Chandler. At the Chandler. I can only imagine going we okay, up room. to Castle Hill. Yeah. Holy right. cow. It's just, oh, it's just, it's such a beautiful place that if people haven't gone. But you know, we walked down the cliff walk and half the cliff walk is,
1: yeah, it really It's in, gone. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That was in the news several months ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I don't oh. know. Are they going to open it back up? Or? So,
1: yeah, there's, I mean, they're doing, there's a society, I think it might be um, connected to the Newport Preservation Society that are trying to raise money to kind of. And Doris Duke
0: started the Newport Preservation Society. Who? Doris Duke. So, Who's Doris? Um, <laughs> so her family is of um, the, I think, the Marlboro cigarettes. Oh. I think, if I remember correctly, but I might be wrong on that. You should have. Uh, I didn't go into her house yet.
1: You should have um, one of our um, a Newport agents on the show, and you oh, all can. I'd love that. Let's yeah.
0: do it. Well, Stephanie and I, I want to tour of Brockton City Hall. So, Stephanie, you're Brockton going to City <laughs> Hall.
1: I said to Marathon, when are we going
0: <laughs> on our I'm tour? I'm so excited. I
2: can't we wait. We get to go
0: down in the basement and the catacombs and. Is it a beautiful uh, building? Have oh, it's been? magnificent. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's beautiful artwork. Yeah, oh, wow. it's a really cool, cool building. So, and it was closed, you know, during, or so much of it anyway, during the um, last couple of years with the COVID lockdowns. So now it's all opened up and um,
2: Meredith fills her name up for every single raffle. <laughs> Usually she wins a meat raffle. This time she won. tour of Brockton City Hall. But the only
0: thing I won, I signed up for so many silent auction items. We had a whole bunch of events that he went to in May, and that was I won that and a police cruiser ride to school for my kids. Stop <laughs> it! Really, that's awesome. Yeah. Actually, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sign him up for it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. (laughs) So I I digress. Um, Angela, tell us about the real estate market. What do you what do you give us a little forecast? What are you thinking? In Um, our area, like Massachusetts?
2: Not Rhode Island. I'm kidding. Why? I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think everybody's very surprised about the, the demand that still is out there because mm. you know the government is has been trying to the treasury has been trying to kind of um decrease demand by increasing the interest rates uh constantly. Uh, buyer demand is really strong. Investors, are st- I mean, they're exploring different avenues. Um, like that's why Rhode Island is kind of increasing so much in attention because you know. As an investor, you you can rents are skyrocketing everywhere. But Mm -hmm. if you can buy lower and your your rents are high, it's a tremendous opportunity. So we're seeing kind of an expansion of the investors' mindset for where to uh, to invest in properties, Um, and in the higher end, it's kind of, you know, being impacted a little bit more than in the lower price points. Uh, The reality is in the years that um, just recently passed, there was so um, many multiple bids and so many people, like 35, 40 people trying to get into a property. Those people weren't getting the properties then and they're not even in the market now because, you know what I mean, with the increase in the interest Mm -hmm. rates. So, but you still have FOMO, like fear of missing out. So, buyers are still like, kind of look, it's not going to go down in our area. I don't foresee it's not a prediction. This this is just an opinion. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. And so, people are like, look, interest rates eventually are going to come down, Mm -hmm. but price points are going to continue increasing. So, people are like, we want a home. Yeah. And it's not like renting is a bargain. Right. Right. No, or easy to find either. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's why I feel like you you really do need to buy now. Because at the end of the day, when the interest rates go down, yeah. that house is going to be—it's going to be, it's gonna be too, more right. money now. Because right. then you're going to be back to these crazy bids again. So you can buy now. Right? Well, and it's a different and,
0: story if you're an investor than if you're looking, yeah. you know, for your primary residence or even a vacation home.
2: Meredith, remember we almost bought that condo. Oh, if, I
0: thought about it all weekend. Why yes, I didn't we I did. do that? Because we, just
2: we weren't ready. At I, the wasn't time. At a po-
0: I wasn't at a point. I, I wasn't. I young kids. There's right. a gorgeous condo that we looked at on buying the on. Um,
2: one of the buildings Which, on the water was um not long what long. area commercial wharf?
1: Maybe. Oh you're talking Boston? In Newport
2: No, York. in Newport. Oh, Newport. Yeah. yeah, it was a condo and we were thinking about it was vacant and we were gonna buy it and <clears throat> split it. But we neither one of us was ready at the time. Well, we were a little
0: bit yeah. How United, much you would it have four hundred? Want... Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's not talk about it. Well, I don't feel like it was a loss. No, I mean, really, at any still, point, we if you're not ready for that, my kids you're not were ready, babies at that point now. Like, I'm it's really amazing.
1: Nervous. My my husband calls me a lamenter because I, you know, I started investing in what I am specifically since 2012. And even being in the real estate market and knowing the neighborhoods that I wanted to invest in, the market accelerated so much. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in the real estate market up here. You're all kind of in the trenches. Yeah. So I would see some price points coming up. Um that I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I should have bought. You know what I mean? I right, should have. I now I'm like, what am I right. thinking? <laughs> Yeah. thinking? Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, I'm old school. I grew up Greek. It was the philosophy it was like, God is never going to make any more earth. So yeah. that is like yeah. the most solid investment. And that's yeah.
2: exactly what my father did. Yeah. He came to America without speaking English and immediately started buying two families and three families. Yeah. And then eventually an apartment building and then a gas station
1: yeah that's awesome yeah yeah Yeah. i don't i'm um from my personal investment i'm a single family investor and what
2: do you do with those properties do you keep them and rent them out
1: yes so i
2: remember that woman we Mm -hmm. met she did the same thing Mm -hmm. that's exactly what she did and she's Mm -hmm. collecting properties and she's fixing them up and she's renting them out
1: it's so funny i was speaking with uh, one of my agents in belmont and um, we were going through her her list because she was thinking about who would be ready to sell. And that, I was taught I saw a lot of Greek names. I said, "Why are we not talking about your Greek clients?" She goes, "The Greeks buy and keep to rent; they never <laughs> sell."
2: It. I was like, "So true. That is so true." And there's like very hands. My father would fly home from Florida every month to collect his rents. I'm like, "Dad, I can do it." You can't do it, and he'd be like. And then he'd key into people's apartments. Thank God he oh sold out. That. Yeah, that's a whole other story. What about um, Meredith and I were talking about Fall River because now the train's oh, coming to Fall River, right? Huge I think Bedford too. Yep, New yep. Bedford, Fall River. I mean, they have yep. cobblestone walkways there and they have fabulous restaurants and it's on the water and the train's coming now so i think that's going to be i mean if you want to just
0: go on a, a great little road trip is go to the uh, new bedford whaling museum
1: because mm-hmm.
0: you're gonna have to park in the historic area and you walk through the cobblestone streets and that in of itself you're gonna so fall cool. in love with yes. new yeah. Bedford. if you're you're into history
1: it's i actually love um As an investor, I love it when people have preconceived notions of specific areas Mm -hmm. because there's less competition for me. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So the area that I invested in, uh, in Rhode Island, it's on the water gorgeous but it had a huge stigma because, I mean, now it's having its renaissance, but when I went in 2012, it was really, still had like a bad reputation. And for me, I don't have snobbery or brands or like, like, I could care less if it makes sense for me. And it was so gorgeous to be by the water Mm. so for me I was like this is heavenly like yeah um so yeah
2: I see you Adam (laughs) (laughs) usually I like this now he's trying to be like be quiet
1: yeah
0: Yeah. what part of what part of Rhode Island
1: uh Warwick so Oakland Beach is a little area it used to be a, a historic kind of uh, um area that in the 1800s, uh, late 1800s, um, kind of the rich and famous from New York would go, from Boston, from Connecticut. There used to be actually um, a train from New York straight into that area. Oh, wow. And up until recently, there was um, there were two hurricanes that kind of devastated the area. That's when we kind of went to disrepair. But I became like a history buff in kind of collecting, I have like vir- um, digitally, hundreds of postcards that show what the area used to be oh, like. Oh, right? very
2: cool. Um, so the homes
1: that you own, are they antiques? So I I bought every single property that I bought, you know, should have been pretty much torn down, right? Okay. So, um, and that was the opportunity. I wasn't, I'm not scared of, um, you know, construction and, and um, kind of re- rejuvenating a property. So... Um, Only one did I tear down, the one that I use now. Did I tear down and build new, but all the other ones completely rehabbed them. um, And they're little adorable cottages. And for me, if I I make decisions on investments, I will never, um, I shouldn't say never, I don't make decisions on cash cow properties. You know what I would see in MLS? Cash cow, multifamily, not the property for me. Right. I want, like for me, I look at the structure of the home. Is, it the, is the layout livable? So somebody, that like, tenants tenant um, would kind of feel comfortable living there. And is the area, I always think about, would I live in this type of property? Mm-hmm. I look at the surrounding homes, the area. Um, is somebody gonna feel safe there? Is somebody gonna feel like it's it's a place that they wanna call home? And I didn't want the extra thing of having, like, the two, two or three families. I didn't want their impact to the tenants or having to manage that. That's a person. Most people right. believe in two or three families. For me, it's just I have more control of creating the environment that will match my tenant. Um, so that's that's you know I love it. My I think should well, we be a family? Well, we I mean, Sam bill? and I were
0: talking about that. Yeah. About I've been looking at. Uh, I've wanted to. Be an investor for a long time, and I just haven't done it because I was thought I'd do a multi, for? and then it doesn't fit my personality. No, it just doesn't. You are doesn't. not a multi. I'm
1: not not a no. multi
0: investor, no. but single family home. yes. Right. for all it the reasons more you just doable, illustrated. Right. Yeah, but it's risky, right? Because if your tenant doesn't pay, then you get that whole thing. But yeah. if you own multiple of them, you know you can. All right, you girls,
2: Adam's oh, getting spilkies sorry. in yes. his connecticut gazoids. <laughs> <laughs> it's time we wrap up this party. Angela, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Oh, good.
1: I loved it. This is uh Okay, fabulous. good. You'll have
2: to come back. And we'll have Ken on and Pauline. It's yes. going to be a big party. Yes. Thank you so much, Angela. I'm here to We love you. I'm Stephanie Weinstein. Angela's Angela
1: Yay, Thank Angela. You. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I
2: buy property dependent